Welcome to the Holidays to Switzerland Travel Podcast. Your host is the founder of HolidaysToSwitzerland.com and the Switzerland Travel Planning Facebook group, Carolyn Schonefinger. On this podcast, Carolyn will be joined by a variety of guests who share their knowledge and love of the country to help you plan your dream trip to Switzerland. Welcome to episode 13 of the Holidays to Switzerland Travel Podcast. My guest today is Chris Wilson, who's the owner and driver guide of Typically Swiss Tours. Chris is an Englishman who has lived in Switzerland for 20 plus years, so he's covered a fair bit of the country in that time and he knows all the best places to visit. Chris has kindly agreed to share with us his tips for visiting the beautiful Lake Luzerne region where he lives and also to tell us about his business, Typically Swiss Tours. Welcome, Chris. Caroline, hello. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. Good. Nice to be here. Thank you. Now, can you start by telling us a little bit about your background and how you, as an Englishman, ended up living in Switzerland? Yeah, again, I'm English. I'm from Manchester originally, and uh, my background is in events, basically, and I always wanted to work in sports events, which you could say is my first passion. And I had the chance when I was 30 or about, no, about 28 to come over to Switzerland and I applied for a job with, with UEFA, uh, the Football Federation, um, their marketing agency actually based in Lucerne. And um, again, this was a, a total departure for me. I'd obviously worked in in England before then. And I, again, it was a bit of a dream come true. I came over for interviews and I, I, was, I was given the job miraculously and, you know, to some extent didn't look back. Again, it was a a great job. We had that combination of a great location, which is Lucerne, which we'll talk about, but it, it was a great job. I was basically organizing football matches at a very high level. You've probably heard of the UEFA Champions League. And yes, certainly. I traveled around Europe uh, and doing everything apart from playing the game to some extent. The, uh, the You could say the stuff behind the scenes in, on the commercial side and the sponsorship side and ticketing and broadcast and media. And it was wonderful. I, I worked all over Europe and I had the you know the benefit of coming back to Lucerne and Switzerland, which again is just simply a, a stunning country and a stunning location to to live. So I was very happy for a, a number of years until things changed, and then uh, we had to look at other other options, which I think was around about two thousand and thirteen. Okay. Now, Lucerne features on many people's Switzerland itineraries, and and rightly so because it really is a beautiful city. Can you give our listeners your top picks for what they really must see and do when they visit Lucerne and, and the surrounding area? Yeah, I think if you just branch out a little bit, you know, they call it the Lake Lucerne region, and Lake Lucerne's a, a big lake. It's probably like the third or fourth biggest lake in in Switzerland, and Lucerne is obviously on Lake Lucerne. And central Switzerland is is a magnet for both international tourists and and the Swiss themselves. They consider it the home of Switzerland. It's where Switzerland was founded in 1291. And just a very beautiful area. I mean, you could run out of adjectives to describe Switzerland and the Lucerne region. But Lucerne itself, I always say to my clients, has got that mix of the geographical location, which is actually on the lake, of course, and it's on a river, the River Royce, which flows out of Lake Lucerne and cuts the city in two. 
And it's surrounded by some, you know, magnificent, marvelous, spectacular, breathtaking mountains like Mount Riggi and Mount Stanzahorn and Mount Pilatus. You could say the House Mountain of Lucerne. Mount Tillis isn't far away. And there's some, you know, absolutely incredible, idyllic, attractive, small villages all dotted around the lake, you know. And so you put it all together, and we've not even talked about Lucerne um, itself. Lucerne itself is a very historical Again, quite small. You know, it's not so big. It's about 80,000 people. It's on both sides of the river, as I talked about, but very, very historical, very traditional, very medieval, cobble streets, squares, old buildings, again, with the wooden bridge and the churches and the Lion Monument. I mean, there's loads to see in Lucerne. There's plenty of uh, museums as well. So if you are coming to Switzerland, I would definitely strongly recommend, as you said, Caroline, spending at least, you know, three or four days in Lucerne. I've spoken to loads of people, quite a lot of them, the Viking crews who have come down from, say, Amsterdam into Basel, then come into Lucerne as an extension. And, and they say Lucerne was by far and away the highlight of their holiday. And they've all traveled down the River Rhine, of course, and checked out some beautiful places like Strasbourg and Colmar and Germany, Heidelberg, etc. But you know, a lot of them will say that Lucerne was a highlight, and for good reason. It's it's a beautiful place and well worth a visit, as I say. Yeah, it it really is. And you mentioned the history and and all you know the cobbled streets and the medieval um, uh, part part of Lucerne. But there's also um, things that appeal to people who like more, perhaps more modern modern things too isn't there like yeah i think you, you've got that mix clearly you know the city you could say large town dates back to around about 800 um you know a lot of the medieval buildings um are just very you know worth worthwhile to walk around you know the, the bridge goes back to i think 1330 the water the water tower to about 1300 the, the, the city walls again all these things I don't think you can ignore, you know, that's part of the heritage and the fascination and the fixation and the attraction of Lucerne, you know, middle ages, 12, 13, 14th century, lots of uh, old stuff to look at. And that I think is a bit of a big appeal, I think, but if you want museums and, you know, for example, the KKL was built in, in 1998, one of the most modern buildings um, to house, you know, musical functions and concerts, etc. There's a Picasso museum, there's a nature museum, there's a transport museum. Again, all modern. And again, Switzerland is a modern country. Everything is fairly up to date and they're very high tech. There's lots of high tech businesses in, in Switzerland, of course. So it has got that mix of old and new and obviously an abundance of bars and restaurants and cafes etc so it again it's it's got pretty much everything you could you could dream of apart from the ocean which again is not going to happen in switzerland of course but yeah it's it's really um i, I wouldn't call it a one-stop shop but it, it can appeal to to young and old as like you know as activities not far away on on the lake of course and then in, in the mountains skiing of course in the winter time so yeah, it is an ideal location. I consider myself quite lucky actually to live here. So, I mean, that's that's probably the best compliment I can give Lucerne. Sure. Now, you mentioned the lake and um, that it's quite big. It, it, I think it actually uh, bought, is in four different cantons. Is that is that correct? Yeah, it's called the Fierwaldstatsee, which basically means like the four forest um, lake, which again, it, it, it is in the four count, count, cantons, and I think, I think that's Lucerne, Uri, Niedwalden, Obwalden, or, or Schweiz as well. So I think they consider Niedwalden and Obwalden the same canton back in the day, it split since then. In 1291, as I say, in, in, in Uri at the um, 
at the uh, Rutli Meadow. That's when Switzerland was was founded, and these four cantons came together. And again, the, the good old Lake Lucerne Boat Company does a fantastic job. Normally, it, I think it's the most populated lake in Europe for passenger craft. That just shows how popular it is. And there's, again, there's lots of cr- you know cruises and steamers and old boats um, which are laid on by this company. And again, they have a fantastic network of, of boats going across from A to B and C and D all through the year, basically. So it, it's a great day out. And obviously, everything's on time. If a boat turns up like the trains at 9.51, it'll be there at 9.51. And it connects to a train at 9.52, which takes you up Mount Riggi or takes you up Mount Pilatus, etc. So everything's like clockwork. And just a very high standard of, of service, you know. So a day on Lake Lucerne on a nice summer's day is is a joy to behold. You know, have a drink, have a meal. They'll do special cruises with Indian food or a, a, a night boat or a, a musical boat, etc. So they really are ramped up for the tourists and really try and cater for every every need. Mm. Sounds wonderful. So we've mentioned um, a lot of the the top attractions like Chapel Bridge and the Lion Monument, the museums, the um, the old town and, and lake cruises and so forth. But what about some of the, the hidden gems? Are, are there some places in the area that the locals love to go to that are perhaps a bit lesser known to tourists? Yeah, it's a bit tricky because obviously, again, Lucerne's developed and, again, Swiss tourism does a fantastic job. You probably know this yourself. They, they market the place very well. So all these places which are attractive, I think, quickly become discovered by by agencies and tourists, of course. But, yeah, you, you're right. I mean, for example, I'll just give you one example. There's a, there's a chocolate factory not too far away in a place called Root, R-O-O-T, which is maybe around about 10, 15 minutes out of Lucerne. It's not like a Lint or a Calle, um, one of these big manufacturers, which, again, they do have their own facilities, of course, in, in Zurich. And that's a, a very kind of homely, traditional chocolate place you wouldn't probably go there if you didn't know it and again we i know that place for a number of years and i, I take my take my clients there. there's a nice cafe there's a nice museum it's interactive you can eat as much chocolate as you want which obviously as you know probably after about you know five minutes you get quickly sick of it so uh no, no, you don't definitely not <laughs> well you may maybe you would at this one it's, it's really good and again again the P- pilatus is, is is very popular again that is you could say I wouldn't call it mass tourism, but it, it's it's bordering on that one. Everybody seems to go there. This, this golden round trip where you take the boat and then you go up Alpnackstad and you get at the cogwheel. So, but it was one which I would I would go for would, would be Riggy Seibolden Alp. If you're talking about nature, again, it is off the beaten track. I don't like using that phrase, but it, it is it isn't so popular. And you can drive up there. There's a cable car as well, and it just gives you stunning views of Lucerne and the, and the Lake Lucerne area and. As I say, it's not well known, but I think that's the benefit of, of knowing the area. It is known to locals, I know that. Um, but the Riggi Say Bolden Alp is, is a good one. And even driving up to Chateau Gooch, this like white Neuschwanstein esque um, castle stroke hotel, is a little bit out of the way. Again, it's not in the centre of Lucerne where the main bulk of hotels are. And again, if you could dra- drive up there, which I often do for about 20 minutes, just to give my guess, a panoramic view of Lucerne. I always try to get people above places so they can look down and, and then just really see the, the landscape and the lake and the mountains, et cetera, and where we are. So the Chateau Gooch is, 
um, another a place just outside of Lucerne where I would I would take guests. Um, there's lots. Again, it, it is really a question of um, showing what people want to see to some extent from my point of view. I mean, I, I go walking where I am in Lucerne with, with my wife and it's a beautiful area. Um, and if people wanted to do that, of course, we, we, we would get them into those areas. But I think a lot of people want to see Lucerne. But again, personally, I'm very open to requests from people if they want to do something a bit different or totally away from the crowds, of course. Okay, great. So that really brings us into um, the next topic, which is typically Swiss tours. Um, Now, I looked on your website and I believe that you started the business in 2018. Can you tell us more about the business and, and what services you offer to your clients? Yeah, again, it's simple. But just before I do that, I'll go back a, a little bit. Again, I, again, I left, I left football in around about thirteen, and I simply couldn't find a job. So it was a difficult time, I must confess. So to to make some money, we split this house where I'm living now into two, and we we, we made an Airbnb out of it in sixteen, and that was immediately successful it, from day one. I think we had a. I think it was an Australian family within one day and that, that took off. And again, an element of customer service, looking after people, which my, my wife and I do reasonably well. And we, we, you know, we're super hosts and we always get good reviews from that. And it's, it's, it's proved to be a viable industry, but I did loads of jobs. I was a, a gardener. I was, um, which nearly broke my back. I was a painter. I taught English. And another job I did was just a driver for um, a, a travel company in Lucerne. And I was picking up lots of guests, quite a lot from the airport who were coming into Lucerne. And I just thought to myself, well, I could do this. Um, you know, I was, wasn't being paid a lot. I was just driving, but I was, you know, cajoling and talking to, to clients about Lucerne as I am now and, you know, giving them some tips and hints. And I was thinking, well, I, I could do this. And there wasn't, there didn't seem to be a way out of the, the rut I was in. So I got some money together and bought a van. And the answer to your question is just basically for now, me and the van. So my partner is a van, you know, so it doesn't speak back to me. It doesn't give me any grief um, <laughs> unless it breaks down. Touch wood, it's not, not broken much, down yet. Not much water cooler conversation then. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. But the good news is, um, right, again, from the start to some extent, uh, which was a slow start like any small business, it was a question of networking. And the actual product delivery I, again, I'm sure you can relate to this. It's it's not it's not difficult. Again, all I do basically is make sure that people are comfortable and you know take them around Switzerland. And the good news is, Carolyn, as I've said, Switzerland not just for Lucerne area, but practically everywhere else. There's hidden gems and well known spots and just sheer beauty around every single corner. Whether that's a a town or a village or a museum or a mountain, or a cable car, or a valley, or a gorge, or a waterfall. Again, you know this. You know the country. It is it is one of the most beautiful countries in the world, I imagine. And therefore, you know, to get people in front of these places, I, I don't necessarily need to do a great deal. I need to, you know, drive safely and not break the speed limit and get loads of fines, of course, and make sure that I'm on timer. But that's basically it. And I'll try and tailor tours um accordingly so it was you know it was probably about i don't know about 10 day tours and then there's some multi-day tours which again it's a lot of common sense involved this is not rocket science it's just basically a, a guy who's fairly hospitable 
friendly, welcoming, knowledgeable, can get on with people reasonably well, making those contacts. And as I say, the delivery element of the job is not the issue. The issue was finding people and networking and marketing like most businesses, of course. And it was going extremely well, of course. And 2020 was going to be a really good year. There was lots of bookings in the book. And then obviously, you know what happened, of course. And to some extent, we're now back to square one. And like many tour operators around the world, we're just hoping that things change and we can get back to normal. So in a nutshell, a chap speaking English, but can speak German, but most of the clients are Americans, simply making them feel very welcome and at home and relaxed in a nice environment and then letting the countryside or wherever we go to in Switzerland do the rest. So it's a recipe that works and I'm, I'm confident that it will work again in the future. It's just obviously this interim period, which is slightly annoying. <laughs> yes, you could say that. Now, um, you mentioned there that uh, personalising your tours. So I, I think from looking at your website that you have sort of some basic itineraries or suggested sort of tour itineraries, but obviously then you can um, tailor those to suit each individual client's interests. Yeah, and this is my, you could say, niche or let's say specialisation. It totally depends on the client. I'm very big on this one. I don't know if you are, Carolyn, but I I'm massively customer focused and I think it's really important that, you know, I tailor my delivery to the customer. So if the customer says to me, I want to go to a vegan restaurant, I want to see some Swiss cows and I want to go on a boat and I want to go up a mountain. It's not for me not to do any of that. It's for me to take them to a mountain to take them to to a restaurant that has vegan food, to take them to some some cows. So it's very simple. And I will obviously work with the client. And what I will do, which I think is really cool, actually, because of modern technology and because of, you know, this Zooming and Skyping, et cetera, I will try and get hold of that client as and when I can do before the tour starts. That could even be six months ahead of time. And I'll plan the tour with them. And I'll try and get to know them because, remember, I'm spending about nine hours minimum on a day tour and it could be a full week with them as well. I've done that before a few times and it's been enjoyable because you really develop relationships with people and people tend to be in a good mood on holiday, of course. So, you know, obviously if you provide them a service and you provide them with entertainment and you provide them with value, which is, these are things that are absolutely crucial to any business, I think. Yeah. And I think I've got it right in that sense. So I will be, develop a relationship and there's been many examples where, I've really, I think, gone the extra mile to make sure that people are totally satisfied. And the biggest thing I would say is when they get out of the car, whether whether it's after day one or day five or whenever, they simply can say that was cool, we had a great time, we got value for money, and Chris isn't a bad lad either. <laughs> Excellent. So what are some of the most popular destinations or the most popular itineraries that you um, take clients on? Yeah, the two big ones are the Lake Lucerne region, which, again, for me is quite simple. I'd mix it with a trip up a mountain. You could say it's Switzerland in a day. And I think if people are on a, on a not necessarily a budget, but in, on, a, on a time budget, they probably want to pack in as much as Switzerland as, as you would do if you went to Paris, for example. You, if you went to Paris, you'd go to the Louvre, you'd go to the Eiffel Tower, you'd, you'd go to the Champs-Élysées, etc. It's the same in Lucerne to some extent, but it's only small. So what we try and do is 
I try and mix it. So we get we, we take them up Pilatus and they can have, you know, um, some food up there. They can go on the cogwheel and go on the cable car. Hopefully it's a nice day. They can look at this s- stunning, marvellous view across Lake Lucerne and, and, the, and the Alps, looking south towards the Alps. And again, that, that, you know, let's say about half a day. And then we drop back down into Lucerne. We'll walk around Lucerne. We'll check out the wooden bridge. We'll go to the Lyman. We'll go in the Jesuit church. We'll go along with Royce, et cetera, et cetera. And then we might just pop in a chocolate factory as well. And as you can see, it's pretty jam-packed. It all depends on the client, of course. If the client wants to go slow, we'll go slow. If a client wants to see as much as possible, and again, I gauge that, and I can, I've can i probably gauged that maybe six months out, and I've said to them, what's your mobility, et cetera. These basic open questions, which are really fundamental to a tour operator's itinerary and how he plans a day. So try and get that right. So that's one element, which would just be, say, Riggy, Stanza Horn, Pilatus. I know all the mountains. I get them up there with a reduced rate, of course. Again, the weather's important when we drop into Lucerne, maybe a chocolate factory. Maybe one which is probably even bigger than that is this what area called, I know you like this area, it's called the Best of the Bernays Oberland Tour, and it's a cracker. It is absolutely, it's a great day out. I mean, you know, I, I'm, you know, not so big on natural beauty, or I wasn't before this, but this is a stunning day out. It's simple. It's jam-packed full of absolute natural beauty. Again, if I wish there was other words for it, but it's mesmerizing, it's magical, it's mystical, it's stunning. It'll take your breath away, and I'm not joking. Some of the places we go to, such as we'll go over the Bruning Pass, we'll drop into Myringen, we'll go to the Ara Gorge. The clients will walk through the Ara Gorge, this, you know, this limestone gorge. It's about a meter wide at some point. It's the cobalt water going through there. I'll pick them up the opposite side. It is stunning. It really is, you know, a feat of natural beauty. We'll drive into uh, the Geesbach, into the Geesbach uh, Hotel, and we'll go under the Geesbach Falls, this big waterfall. It must be at least a mile high over different kind of uh, terraces. We'll walk under the, the Geesbach Falls. And again, in the, win- in the summertime when the snow is melting, it is amazing. It's so powerful. The, the, the flow of water is amazing. So that is something I'd recommend people to do. The Geesback Falls. We'd have lunch at the Geesback Hotel. They'd always reserve me a table there at the Geesback and overplate people very well. And that overlooks both the falls on the left side and, and, Lake, and Lake Brienne's on the other side as well. So it's a stunning location outside on the terrace for, for some lunch. Great food, great service. They look after us because I'm always there, basically. And then we'll drop back down. No, what will, that's wrong. I will drop back down, but I'll leave the guests. I get them on the funicular, which goes down to the lakeside. There's a about 11-minute little boat ride across Lake Briens into Briens. We'll have a walk along the promenade at Briens, this wood-carving little village, which, again, is right on Lake Briens, which is a fantastic lake, crystal blue. We'll go in a, a wood-carving shop there, and then... We'll drive into Interlaken, maybe stop at Interlaken. We'll go along the Hoerweg, the main street in Interlaken, and we'll take a left and we'll head towards Lauterbrunnen, one of your favorite places. Mm-hmm. Lauterbrunnen is, again, incredibly attractive and unique and mesmerizing, and you are in awe when you go through this valley. It's a big U-shaped valley. Places went down there millions of years ago. It's cut this valley out, and Lauterbrunnen sits in this valley. The Staubach Falls are there, about 300 meters high, waterfall, very wispy. Um, we go through there. We drive to the Trummelback Falls, which, again, is this unique, one-of-a-kind waterfalls within a mountain. Again, the water power, like the Geesback Falls, especially in the summertime, is 
just huge and and powerful and loud and you get wet etc so that is something and then to end it this is around about four three or four three four five o'clock we'll come back down we'll drive through Loudsbrunn and again and we'll take a left and go up to Easenflu in the in the car Easenflu again is is cool and there's a, a nice place to stop there but you can go one step further to, you can get Sulvald you go in a little cable car which is actually made for six people or a cow it says six people or a cow so you can go up this uh, little cable car, and there's, there's a, a little Stubley, which is like a little bar restaurant, a tiny little thing owned by two people, uh, Romeo and um, I think she's called Sandrine. And again, a glass of wine, a beer, overlooking the Monk, Eiger, and Jungfrau, or Eiger, Monk, and Jungfrau in that order, on a summer's day is a must. You've got to do it. It is absolutely a must. You cannot miss this out. I've had guests say to me, this is the best place I've been in my life. And these people that, you know, wealthy American travelers, they've been around the block. Believe me, they've been all over the place. And they say to me, this is it. This is the place I want to come to again. And I can I can relate to that. And that's why I never get tired of this tour. I spoke to a a lady yesterday and I was trying to actually find out different areas, but I don't necessarily need to because obviously if the American lady from Kansas city is different from the American lady in California, I mean, we don't obviously cross swords of course. So that's again, a tried and tested plan or route, which I know works. Mm-hmm. I know people at the end of that day, you know, obviously there's, there's, there's a tip at the end of the day as well sometimes. And they just get out of the car and they've, had a wonderful day out so as i say i don't necessarily do a great deal don't get me wrong i you know make them feel comfortable and you know show them where the toilets are etc etc and maybe tell the odd bad english joke and things like that but this the scenery is superb amazing and will blow you away Mm. simple as that and i think too the obviously the the added bonus or, or the key to the tour is that there there's no way they could cover all that um, by public transport in one day sure you could get to all those places but um, you know t- the the likes of walking through the gorge and then getting up to the falls and then having time then to walk through Interlaken and, and go to Lauterbrunnen and Issenflu you know to do all that um, by using the public transport it it, it would be quite difficult Public transport in Switzerland is phenomenal. You know, these yellow, um, what we call post buses are good, but it's only maybe one on one an hour in certain locations. And, you know, you'd, you'd need, you'd need two, two days to do it, of course. Yeah. And you, you can slightly, uh, I won't say it's uncomfortable, but it's a little bit tiring and, uh, you know, um, it's just not really what you want to do on a holiday. And again, if you've got the budget, it's not cheap to do what people are doing. Um, you know, as a service there, but I think people like the privacy, they like the exclusivity. We we try and never, well, we never have mixed a group before. Um, it's a black van. It looks cool. And I think people like being looked after. They like the fact that there's somebody who's genuinely, and I mean this, who's genuinely into them and focused totally on them so that they, you know, they, they cannot, they cannot not give a good review. They cannot, you know what I mean? So that's why I think there's a degree of success in this kind of attitude, which is a big part of a business, a big part of a job. And I think if we were to replicate this, and we were looking at buying a second vehicle, 
it, the vehicle, as I said, and as you said, doesn't really cause any issues, of course, but it's it's the, it's the guide which is the, the key. I'm sure you may have been on some guided tours where the guide's been excellent, but by the same token, Carolyn, you know, I've been on some where the guide's not been so good, of course. So that's really the key for me. And providing value, as I say, it's not cheap. You know, we're looking at around about a 1,000 francs a day. Um, I'll be honest with you, but, you know, when you consider that there's a lot of time invested pre-tour and then on the tour, and again, a lot of the guests are still, you could say, colleagues, friends, contacts, even now, you know, obviously with Facebook and social media, it's very easy to keep in touch with people. And, you know, over nine hours or, you know, three or four days, of course, in general, I'm not saying this is a case of everybody, you can develop some really nice relationships. And I think people like that element as well. They don't want to, in some cases, know everything about every single building in every single village they just want to be entertained and relaxed and looked after which is the philosophy of the company you could say yeah and that 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 cost that you mentioned that that's not um so if you had a, a family for instance or, or a group of two or three people traveling together that's the price for the group is that correct yeah it's basically 900 francs for one to three people Sure. So for a couple, and then it would be about a thousand for four to six people. Yeah. So um, if you've got a, well, even with a couple, but for for doing all that um, in one day, it really is good value. Yeah, and what I try to do, Carolyn, is I, I don't try and take them to to Jungfrau on top of that. You know, Jungfrau, as you know, is you know two hundred francs ahead, and the weather might not be nice, of course. But when you consider that you know four people going up Jungfrau, it would be eight hundred francs, and plus the Plus for day, I would go free. I, I, I know, I know, Jungfrau, like with most of the mountains. So we try and use a vehicle to to go places, and so there's not much additional expense. But I think people are aware, of course, in advance that there might be admissions to mm-hmm. a cable car or a chocolate factory. Obviously, lunch is obviously with them, of course. But it's all in advance, and you know, there's no there's no kind of hidden extras. They they're, they're totally aware of what's coming and, um, you know, we, we can, we can go accordingly again on the day it would be, do you want to eat at a five-star restaurant and do you want to, do you want to eat in a bakery, et cetera, things like that. So try and really, you know, tailor the tour to the customer. Obviously a budget is part of that as well. A lot of these guests, of course, are, are, are high rollers and, and, and wealthy. So, you know, they want to enjoy their holiday. They've maybe worked hard during the course of the year. Of course, if you don't want to cut any corners, and that's fine by me as well. Good. Now, do all the tours uh, start in, in Lucerne or can clients be picked up from elsewhere? For instance, if they're staying in Zurich and they they wanted to do one of your tours, can that um, can that be arranged? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to get the impression that I'm, I'm very flexible, very accommodating. The website does say Lucerne. Zurich, Interlaken, and Basel and Bern. But if somebody said to me, I want to be picked up in Zug or in uh, somewhere close to, I wouldn't say Geneva might be a little bit far. That's a good like three or four hours away, of course. But again, I'm very flexible. But obviously, most tourists will stay in those big centers and I can quite happily pick them up from there. Of course, yeah, not a problem. Good. Now, what makes up or who who makes up your typical clientele? Would it be, would it be couples or families? Or do you get a bit of a mix? Bit of a mix. I'd say average is um, maybe a couple of couples. So two couples, probably semi-retired or retired from America, um, either staying at hotels where the concierge has recommended me, say for example, the Dolder Hotel or the Schweitzer Hotel. Um, some are coming through 
OTAs like Tours by Locals or TripAdvisor. So it's a bit of a mix, a bit of a word of mouth. I've got a deal with the STC, the Swiss Travel Center. They will use me. So, again, it's word of mouth. It's networking. And the good news is with Americans, again, I didn't really know Americans before I started doing this tour business. But I can say, you know, they're very easygoing and laid-back people, Um you know, slightly naive, and you know, you could you could tell them a few stories, you know, if you wanted to, as I have done, and then said no, it's actually a joke. But uh, yeah, they're very accommodating and very very friendly and laid back, and, and quite happy to talk about their family. And I think, as I say, it's part of the, the day out that you know they'll recount recount stories and you know be very open and flexible about you know their family and what they do, etc. But they're quite happy to learn as well. You know, they're quite happy to learn about the country, about Europe. Um, so, yeah, Americans in, in the main, yeah. Okay. Well, let's hope that we can get some more Americans and some Australians and other nationalities um, over there visiting you soon. Sure. No, again, um, it doesn't really matter. We Again, obviously, English speaking, Um and the, the, I suppose the beauty about all, all these connections, of course, is, you know, some things like TripAdvisor, tours by locals, is that they are so worldwide, of course. And, you know, if Switzerland continues as it does with Swiss tourism to market itself very well, then I suspect, you know, with a degree of positivity that the country will, you know, come back and, and those big tourist numbers will uh, will hit the streets again and you know normal normal life or normal tourism life will resume which again to some extent i'm i'm sure it's the same in other other parts of the world maybe venice is a good example where you know i'm sure there's a, a degree of oh a, a break from tourism of course yeah and lucerne and interlaken is no exception they are very busy very busy you could see this immediately when once uh you know covid had struck uh such a lack of tourists it was a, i wouldn't say it's a ghost town of course but you know maybe i don't know 25 30 percent in the summertime probably even more it, it was just so evident that you know no tourists were coming here mm. well thank you for taking the time to uh, chat to me today chris i know i'm not the only one who is um, eagerly awaiting the time when travel resumes and we can visit switzerland and yeah as i said hopefully we'll be able to send uh, lots of listeners over to join you for a day out with typically swiss tours carolyn i hope so again fingers crossed you know let's let's just pray and hope that things get better and i'm here i'm not giving up i'm keep on keep on going i will keep on doing what I need to do, whether that's podcasts or newsletters or social media. I don't particularly like doing it, but, you know, it's got to be done. It's a question of just keeping the brand alive so that when, and I repeat, when, not if, when tourists do come back, they will be able to find me and they'll be able to get in the van and we'll be able to take off and have some fantastic days out, which is what I like to do. Wonderful. Well, I'll uh, I'll link to th- your website um, in the show notes for this episode, and it's uh, just so people know straight up, it's typicallyswisstours.com. And I'll also include a link in the show notes to the Airbnb that, um, that you and your wife run um, so that anyone who's looking for accommodation around Lake Lucerne uh, has that as an option as well. Uh, those show notes can be found at holidaystoswitzerland.com forward slash episode 13. 
thank you again, Chris. All the best and look forward to chatting to you again, um, hopefully when we've got some more positive news on the travel front. Brilliant, Caroline. Thanks a lot. It was a pleasure speaking to you. All the best to you in your business. Keep up the good work and take care of yourself. Cheerio. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. For more great resources on planning a trip to Switzerland, make sure you visit holidaystoswitzerland.com where you'll find trip planning tips, destination guides, information on transport, including Swiss rail passes, and much more. You're also encouraged to join the Switzerland Travel Planning Group on Facebook where you can ask questions and chat to other past and future travellers to Switzerland. You'll find show notes from today's episode at holidaystoswitzerland.com forward slash podcast and be sure to subscribe to the Holidays to Switzerland Travel Podcast so you never miss an episode.